We are live. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of The Time and Place, the gospel conversation show where we discuss faith on the fringes and do our best to apply God's word to God's world. I'm Solomon. This is Julian. Yep. And today we're going to talk about Mormonism. But first, Julian, what the heck is going on in the world today? Well, uh, conspiracy theorists have been vindicated <laughs> in the truest sense. They're uh, this the flat. Yeah, they're this flat. Yes, we I'm got out. new pictures back. No. <laughs> the uh, Biden administration has said that their uh, initiative is going to be national vaccine passports. So if you want to be able to do specific things, go to concerts, go to games, go to certain stores, you're going to have to be able to flash your app so they can see that you're either negative or vaccinated. Wait, I... So passports doesn't mean country to country. It means no. Anything. It means like anything in the country that you. If, if these companies get on board, they can tell you unless you flash it, you're not getting in. Like a passport to HEB. Right. If HEB <laughs> were to get on board, yes, it would work that way. If you that and is that like gonna happen? Well, so that's happening. There's there's companies on board with it already. There's no like it, this isn't law, so it hasn't happened. But there's definitely people that are trying to make it happen and who think it's a good idea. That's weird. Like, so it's yeah. not mandate. It's not like you have to have this to. Like, well, I mean, it's going to be one of those things. Like, you, you don't have to have it, but if you want to go to concerts ever again, if you want to go to sporting events ever again, maybe have it. Isn't that up to them? So, is that up to them or the government? Well, I mean, think about it though. Like, if Ticketmaster is willing to like not have concerts for two years, why would they not also be on board for this kind of thing? Because they haven't had a concert in two years. <laughs> right. They, I mean, like, but like, why would you, I wouldn't do anything to like dissuade people from. You would that's think. What, dude, that's why I thought like any small business who is Nazi masking, uh, like requiring masks, uh, absolutely 100% cannot come in and give us your money without a mask on, I think is not a good idea. Yeah. Because. I mean, because people just don't want to wear masks, and it's like, okay, you're, you're you're putting another road, some sort of other roadblock or something in front of people that like, ugh, I got freaking, you know, it's like, well, never mind, we'll go to this one because they don't require masks, right? You know what I mean? And it's like, that's dumb to do. Like, that's but really I mean, dumb. Like, if you want to stay open, small business aren't the ones doing it though. Like Target is, or Walmart is, or mm -hmm. so to me, it it totally makes sense that like Ticketmaster or. Mm -hmm. The NBA would be on board with that kind of thing. Well, dude, Walmart, Target, Lowe's, HEB, uh, multiple of those HEBs and everything, no mask. Right. So COVID's over, right? <laughs> well, you would think, but apparently not. Part of it, too, I, part of it too is, is location because we're in Texas. So that, yeah. you know, that's going to change. It, it Maybe in, in uh, Iowa or Delaware, it's not the same thing. Maybe they're still super strict about it. So on on, on the day-to-day -day stuff, I could see not having this passport thing, wanting to do it or whatever. Because it's like, I got to freaking, you know, show it every time. I got whatever. But on uh, if it was like a concert or something, I mean, I could see people doing it. Because it's like, well, this is like once, a, you know, a couple times a year I got to do this. Yeah, like, but th that's how masks started too. Well, I mean, you're not going like you always have to wear masks. You don't always go to a concert. So, like, if it's just concerts or something, or if it's just like ACL or something, you know, it's like, well, I really want to go, so I'm just going to do it, you know, whatever. And it's like, if it was every day at HEB, that would suck, and I'd 
be raising a fuss about it. But if it's like one, my once a year thing, you know, whatever, who cares? Like I'm not constantly, you know, having to open up my phone and do that or whatever. Well, the real problem and the, the thing that makes me kind of itchy about the whole, besides the fact that it's just a strange idea is that companies are getting on board with it to have like a linked system to yeah. where uh, every, every company who wants to do this could use the same app. Oh, is that like the tracing thing? I mean, how's that different than the tracing thing? Uh, because the tracing thing just tells you, I, I guess, because that's optional. You don't have to acknowledge that to your phone, right? Like mm. it doesn't, this would be like, no, you can't come in at all unless you have this. So what would it be like your medical records? They can't ask for that. Like Apparently they can. It would just be that information. They just scan it. And personal, say, yeah. You would personal think. information. But I mean, who? When has the government ever had a problem? Yeah, but who's that? But okay, the government. But I don't have to show ACL my freaking. You don't have to, but at the same time, they don't have to let you in if you don't want to. That's the thing. Like, but they can't even ask for that. They shouldn't even be able to ask for like my vaccination records or anything like that. That's true, but like the the name of of public safety. Yes, (laughs) everything is in the name of public. It was it was a foreign concept before that they wouldn't let you in a store without a mask on, and that's just a given now. Wow, we, yeah. we don't live in the real world anymore. We live in like this topsy turvy alternate reality. Yeah, so, yeah, that's uh, weird. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, I was I was expecting like a wristband, or like a card or something, or like you know, but but you know, everybody pretty much has had it. Like they're keeping records, so it's like, well, I know in this city, this many people have had it. And I'm looking around, and it's like, well, this, this probably people have probably had it, the vaccine, or have had COVID. So it's like, you know, if, if we know the records in a city or anywhere, what, how many people in a certain city have had, have had COVID or the vaccine, which those are all recorded, then we get to a certain number where it's just pretty much herd immunity. Right. right? Where it's like, we don't have, we're okay. Like, even if someone might have it, there's a greater chance that they don't have it. Right. Right. Like, there's a, greater, there's a greater chance that the person, random person you pass on the street doesn't have it. So, yes. Right. But- you're, I mean, you're thinking pre-COVID. You're using pre-COVID logic. Right. I know. Exactly. It's like, well, that's where we were before. Like anybody right. that passed on the street might have something. Yeah, exactly. You know? And you didn't freak <laughs> out. I don't you know. just, Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, if they have COVID, then okay, then, I, then I've got the vaccine. Anyway, so whatever, you know. And it's like my, my big thing with this, too, of like the keeping the masks on after you've been vaccinated mm. or, or have had COVID what what does the end look like if not this right like i thought this was the end that was right. the big thing was like when we, we have the vaccine let's get the vaccines that everybody's had covid and like man we're we're done and it's like well no we're not it's like well then what what what's done look like what does the end look like if not this Every, majority of people are vaccinated like that's what's insane there's no answer to that like well cuz there is no end it it doesn't end that's it's it's this weird 100% safety mentality now. Like it has to be 100% safe. Well, yeah, it's like even one death. It's like right. okay. <laughs> Thank so God no, we don't think that way with cars. Right, no cars, <laughs> no flu, no can't take my kid to school because a person has died before that went to the school. Right. I mean, what where do we end? Where do we stop that? You know. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah, that and this and, you know, and, and it's hard to think about this kind of stuff after having been hospitalized with COVID cuz you know, I was I was big on this and then boom, I get it and right. 
I'm in the hospital and it's like, Oh, I'm the idiot now. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, but you know, a lot of my other friends got it and stuff and they were fine. And it's like, man, this right. is just a roll of the dice. And it's like, yeah. and if you're to ask me just objectively, scientifically, right. Is this still dangerous for you or people your age? The answer objectively is still no. Right. Like, can a kid get it and die? Sure. But is that the exception to the rule? Yeah, I was the exception to the rule. And that sucks, but it's not worth altering our lives this way, you know, the, the way we have massive shutdowns and job loss and all these things, you know, because you might be that one in a million that gets hospitalized at your age and your health or whatever. And I just was. And so it sucks because it's like, oh, I, I'm, I was wrong. No, I wasn't wrong. I was just that one roll of the dice. Like, and it sucks. <laughs> I mean, that's that's everything now. Everything is is so reactionary. Like, somebody dies in police custody, we have to disband the police. Somebody right. shoots somebody, we have to get rid of all guns. Somebody right. gets sick and dies, we we can't leave our houses. Like, everything is a is a full breakneck neck reaction to something. Yeah, it's all anecdotal. It's 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 a it's around the anecdotal, and then the same people doing that are saying trust the science. Right. For all the science. And it's like, okay, if we're following the science, then we should be talking <laughs> without a mask. Like, because the CDC said you can do that. If you've been vaccinated or have had COVID, you can hang out together with no mask. That's what they said. So it's like, okay, look at the population, how many have have had the vaccine and or have had COVID. They, they should be wearing masks, but they are right. wearing two masks, you know, and, and this really is just about feelings and not yes. about science and not about the truth and objective reality because, you know, there was that, there was an interview recently with uh, Ted Cruz where he didn't have a mask on. Yeah. And, there, and, the, and the, you see that? And the reporters yep. are like, can you put your mask on? He's like, well, we've been immunized. And he's like, there's no reason we should put, we wear a mask. And, he, and, then, and then the reporter said, well, it would make us feel better. Right. And he's like, well, you can step back if you want. <laughs> like, I, so this is the thing. I'm, this isn't about mitigating people's feelings. But I think it has been for a very long time. Oh, and yeah. used that way of like, well – like you know the, the grammys they like all these rich and famous people apparently couldn't afford to get a vaccine or couldn't <laughs> figure it couldn't get tested they're all wearing masks outside social distance and it's like no one there has covid you know no one there has covid you know they were tested you know probably they were immunized you know they you know all these things but they're still wearing it as an example to you right. and that's the thing and it's, so that that goes beyond truth and science that's we're doing this as a projection and as a symbol, you know, of, of yes. what, what you should be doing. And it's just like, and everybody knows it though, but that's what's crazy. And so I was like, well, Beyonce, I mean, Beyonce wears a mask, so I'll wear one. So I will too, but that's that's everything. Beyonce voted for Beto, so I will too. Or, you know, Beyonce, Beyonce put a, a rainbow in her profile picture, so I will too, because that's the right thing to do. Right. That's everything we do now is like virtue signaling and who did it because I want to be like them. What's the trendy thing? What's correct right now? Yeah. You listen to Al Mohler uh, recently. Uh, he was talking about uh, the secularization, the, the, the I guess new, a new survey went out or whatever about the secularization of America and how less people are Christian and, and, and religious and go to church than ever before and stuff. And we're in a, we're in a minority now, religious people and secular mm. worldview is, is the majority. Right. And, you know, what, what do you think about that from a post-mill perspective as far as like we believe in the, in the Christian? I know, you know, we, we look at the time issue and stuff, but just that itself. Like, what do you think? What was your post-mill answer to that? Well, my my perspective is always that there's no guarantee that America makes it to the end. So, like, right. 
there's there was no reason it, if Israel could take that same switch and have to be destroyed in order for the church to flourish. There's no reason that America can't be destroyed for the church to flourish everywhere else. You know, that's true. Especially it's it's shrinking here, but it, we see like despite persecution, it growing everywhere else. So I maybe it's just one of those switches that happens every couple of centuries. Right. And, you know, I, that, that is that kind of macro look at it, like the, like the you know, 10,000 more years of human history or something. We're, we're a blip on there. Mm-hmm. Um, th- th- I think that's one way to look at it. But I think another way, too, is like a more immediate uh, up close look at it is um, look at these surveys. And, and, and so, so, so go back like even 50 years when we when religious religion, uh, religious people were definitely a majority. Right. Right. People believed in God, went to church, called themselves Christians, you know, and they were not secular. They're not atheists. You know, still that was like the 50s and 60s, like, right. you know, or even the 40s, even whatever. How far back do you want to go? Uh, especially in America, like in, 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 in 20th century. You take a survey, you see majority of religious people. But out of that, out of any, pick any one of those churches, right, in, in, mm-hmm. in America, anywhere. Out of that church or out of that, even that city. How many people are true, biblical, faithful, Bible-believing, consistent Christians and who are just going to – who are cultural Christians? Right. And just go – or churchgoers, basically. You have churchgoers, and they're members. They're full card-carrying members of Baptized, this. Baptized, community-taking right. members. Grew up. My kids grew up. Whatever. That whole thing. And they're just kind of churchgoers. They don't they – they don't really know anything about the Bible. They don't, they couldn't explain the gospel or soteriology or like how they're saved or anything like that, you know, and in in like a faith, in like a faithful way, not in just a head knowledge way, but like a heart, like you're not explaining this right. Like you're not getting this, you know, I'd say that the the handful that if you picked how many people, it probably a handful in that church that actually knows how they were saved can express the gospel, you know, could even say like Jesus is God. Mm. Right. Cause that, that was a thing that went out, I think on a, uh, uh, table talk survey, or they did, the, they do the surveys every year, the state of state of Christianity, uh, state of, uh, state of Christianity, state of theology, they ask pastors and stuff okay. like church leaders, right. uh, questions like, uh, was, was, is Jesus the first created being above all, mm. like the Jehovah's witness right. view. And they're like, yes. And it's like, hang on, hang on. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they just don't, it's not, it's not, it's not triggering. Like, right. no, no, he was not created, you know, but he was first but begotten, you know, and it's like, well, they don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know the difference between right. Right, created right. and begotten. So it's like, that's it. You're, you're, you're a pastor. Like, and, and so it's like, okay, if these new surveys of the secularization of America weed out people like that, if that person's no longer created, like, okay, I think we're actually seeing a clearer picture of what was always there. Mm. which probably is a handful of people who have the conviction, who have the faithful worldview, biblical worldview, and are willing to have backbone to stand up for it and be mm. consistent in their life and with, with scripture. I think that's a, that's always been a minority in, you know, but, but more, we have had more cultural churchgoers. Right. And, and now we just don't. I was like, mm. okay, you know, it's like, wiping the whipped cream off a of coffee it's like man this coffee so, <laughs> so much less now and it's like no the coffee was kind of always there like you're, you're wiping off the dross you know mm-hmm. so i don't know like that's kind of how i see a lot of those things people are just being honest now and it's yeah. not it's not culturally 
there's nothing you gain socially and culturally right. from being a Christian. So people aren't. And if that's the reason you were anyway, then you never counted, you know? Right, so it's right. like, okay, so now we're just seeing the true conviction faithful, you know? Hmm. It's okay. Pay those. That number probably hasn't changed. <laughs> I mean, that's, I went to, I went to a private Christian school and the majority of the people I went to school with, are not Christians in any right. sense now. But so, they're, um, I mean, they I'm never sure. were. <laughs> right. But I mean, that's, they're religious. They're going to religious school. I can not be religious right. or whatever. And they read and they know, and they go to church and do the whole thing. And if they answer the survey, they probably say they're Christians. And they're a member of this church, and there's the whole thing, but they're not like <laughs> that's a, that's. Mm. I think that's what what it really looks like. Mm. <sighs> anyway, um, I wanted to take a look at this article first since we're talking about Mormonism. I actually read this article before we decided we're going to talk about Mormonism. So it was kind of cool. It kind of fit. This is an article written by an Atlantic staff writer, Mormon staff writer, um, about the most American religion, about Mormonism. Mm. And the in intro is uh, perpetual outsiders. Mormons spent 200 years assimilating to a certain national ideal only to find their country in an identity crisis. What will the third century of the faith look like? And that's something I think like Dr. White's been asking and people have been asking about that with the, in, the what we're talking about is this move away from religiosity or religious religion to secularization and Mormonism is, is, is like the epitome of a religion. Like right. it is religious, like only <laughs> that is by they're identified by it is the religiousness, you know, and so yeah, what is the future with the LGBTQ plus everything, uh, in in a religion where your god is gendered, mm. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, like that might be a problem, you know. Um, and the the way Mormons want to be so liked and everything, and that's really right. what this 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 author was talking about. I just want to kind of look at some sections here. Um, he was talking, he says, um, talk about just growing up Mormon. He was he grew up Mormon in not in a Mormon school or not in a uh, like very Mormon community. Yet, even though I think it was in Utah, uh, it says they were uh, these were more than just quirks of my parents' religion. They were emblems of an identity one I could never fully reveal to my non-Mormon friends. Mm. If my classmates liked me, I reasoned it was a win for Mormons everywhere. In the pantheon of minority re religion neurosis, this was not holy or an original stuff. But I wouldn't realize until later just how deeply rooted the Mormon craving for approval was. That's pretty crazy. That, that's like... I'm, I'm trying to like always put the kind of things in, in context of a Christian response. And what's, what's my rebuttal to that? What's my Christian response to this and i think if you're if you want people to like you and it's, there's, there's so much compromise that goes with that right right and and it sounds and it's like well i don't want them i don't want to do anything it's like this secret sensitive idea mm, right yep. i don't want to do anything that will put them off you know so they like me so that's good and it's like well if the world likes you you know, are you doing something wrong? Are you not? Right. right. <laughs> right. And that's like, who, whose approval are we, are we looking for man or God's? And I think there's a huge emphasis on, on the approval of man in this. Um, and it's about religion without difficulty had always seemed pointless to me. The divine magic was in what faith demanded. I quickly realized that my knack for playing the likable Mormon would come in handy in the Bible belt. Cause he, he didn't have a mission in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> He says, likability, it turned out, was a big part of the job. 
And so, and they talk about like just knocking on people's doors and just be, it's like that salesman kind of thing. Because right. we took consolation in these pleasant, fruitless interactions, telling ourselves that we'd improved the Mormon brand. However, mm -hmm. slightly, quote, planting seeds, we called it. And, you know, we talk like that in, in Christianity, too, right. of like planting seeds or right, it's, right. you know, man, like, and, 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 we we understand that like oh we don't want to just improve the brand and Christianity isn't this lifestyle we're trying to push and trying to sell like CrossFit or something, but and we we understand we shouldn't be saying that but it seems like with Mormonism they're like no that's great like cool like they like it now, and that's the Americanness I think of, of 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 Mormonism too is like this like selling a brand I mean what's more American than that you know it's Coca Cola right. and you know Chevy and you know. So there is this kind of like uh, cult of, of likability kind of thing. Um, yeah, he says, but desire for respectability, he adds, is very much at the heart of modern Mormonism. And I think that's what it is, is that they've seen it as such a weird offshoot of like, no one knows a lot about Mormonism. Right. So they're kind of seen as like weird. They hear funny stuff, whatever. And so anything you can do to like dissuade their weird perspective, perception or perspective of Mormonism they're going to do. And it's like, how far does that go though? Until you're compromising your Mormonism. Right. And, and there seems it's like, but my Mormonism is an evolving religion. So it's like a prophet can come out and say, gays, it's okay to be gay. Right. It's like, Oh, he said it. There you go. Like we can just change. <laughs> it's good. now. Yeah. <laughs> and there's this uh, black woman, uh, Tamu Smith, um, Mormon. And uh, she says, it says uh, church can't truly move forward without a show of complete institutional repentance. Mm. Quote, as part of li a living church, I believe that an apology is necessary, she says. And <laughs> it's like, <laughs> how is that possible when a prophet said some racist things against black people in the Mormon religion? And, and that they're inferior and that they cannot have the priesthood and that right. all these things like you have to admit that the prophet was wrong or, or <laughs> what that God was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just, that, like, that's everything. It. Yeah. So though the church has never claimed prophetic infallibility, Smith says that for many, not Joseph Smith, Tamu Smith. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Smith says that for many Orthodox believers, the faith is, quote, either true or it's not. The church can't make a mistake. The church can't can't back off. The church can't fix something that's problematic. Uh, Mormon leaders are afraid that if they apologize for the racism of past prophets, she speculates, they will undermine their own authority. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's true. How, it's a kind of a tough spot to be in, you know. <laughs> like, well, I mean, you know what's funny oops. about that, though? Mormonism for the oops. That's the that's the position we end up with when like you do the secret sensitive thing and you start apologizing for Moses. Yeah. And then yeah. like, well, then why is any of this valid if that was wrong? Right. Yeah, it's like and who quotes Moses? Oh, he's canceled too. Like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah right, exactly. You know, Paul and Jesus really liked the law and like those guys. So, you know, who they can't be trusted either. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, he, talk, and he kind of talks about LGBTQ and, um, mm. you know, some people, he says he had a friend or whatever, and he says he, he felt forced to choose between his sexuality and his faith. And his faith. For those who, of us who have seen people who are who care about, uh, who care, we care about, wrestle with the same agonizing choice. 
uh, Kitchen, this guy's name, Nathan Kitchen, Kitchen's story hits home. But although views among rank-and-file Mormons are evolving, the church has codified its teachings on sexuality as doctrinal. That means they won't change until the prophet says he's received divine permission. Mm. Like, oh, how convenient. <laughs> 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 and it's like what what a what a religion of like well I'm just gonna change it because and it's like how if they were to say that and then the culture changed or something then you might have some legitimacy of like well we were kind of ahead of that right. it's like no you are literally a step behind how culture is changing how things are going forward and that seems to be the standard is just whatever the sign of the times is you know and it's like that's that, that then. There is no standard. It's going to change every five minutes. Right. Yeah. Um, let me see. It says, oh, the Mormon claim to prophetic revelation is one of the faith's most audacious doctrines, and also it's most practical. <laughs> 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 A kind of theological survival mechanism. It allows the church to adapt and reform as necessary while giving changes, uh, while giving changes the weight of providence. It's like, yeah, like, it's perfect. I could just say I heard from God that it's okay. Right. And it's like, well, okay, you heard from God from everything. So I guess that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it, that's the whole thing. Uh, it says, in the end, Nelson told me we exist to make life better for people. So that's like the hmm. Mormon. I mean, if that's like your purpose on earth, it's like, okay. Um, one common fear is that the church desperate for allies will end up following the religious right into endless culture war. That would indeed be grim, but just as worrisome to me, and perhaps more likely, is the prospect of a fully diluted Mormonism, mm. where it is literally just nothing but like the Rotary Club, right? Where you're just like you're just a social group that that just does. You have no convictions. You have no nothing sets you apart from the Rotary Club or from the Country Club or from this club or that whatever, you know. <laughs> and it's like, are you even in religion anymore at that point? No faith, no faith, no convictions, no backbone, no nothing. It's just, yeah, it's true. A fully diluted Mormonism. I think that's the future of Mormonism. Yeah. <laughs> kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's when you remember when Romney was running and, yeah. you know, that was one of the big things. He was Mormon, but like they never talked about his Mormonism really. Like the, his beliefs never came up yeah. so much. It was more his conservatism. That was the important thing that they would hammer on. Yeah. It's, it was so, the point. it's so American. That's the thing. Is like, and that's he kind of pushed that. Like, this is an American religion. Yeah. Like, don't don't you want that for your president? Like, Oof. <laughs> you know, we got American prophet, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus came to America. <laughs> it's the most American you can get. Right. Oh, yeah. It's funny because it's kind of like Scientology in that way that it is very like American and business oriented and like, yeah. You know, you know, trials and surveys and like, well, how how is the community responding to us right now? Yeah, right. How's the brand? Right. How are we, you know, <laughs> how are we pushing it? How are we doing it? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so strange. So Mormonism. What what do you what what what, do you, what does your mind go? What do you think when someone brings it up or start talking about it or or anything like that? Well, <laughs> my my immediate thought is. Uh, Kind of the sci-fi aspect. Well, my first thought is the killers. That's always my go-to for Mormons. Is, oh, the killers. Yeah, the killers are Mormon. It's not art of manliness? No, it's not. No, because I didn't know that I until, know. You, until you ruined my life. 
<laughs> oh, I thought you told me. No, you told me first. That was where I heard it. And I, that somebody, I... somebody told me. I didn't discover it. Somebody, uh, I think somebody told me. Oh, you know what it was? It was the man rampant. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, with that guy, and he was talking about the art of manliness and stuff. And he's like, and you know, so even a Mormon knows how these things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, a friend, a friend told me too. A friend, because I watched that. I don't, I think I didn't catch it. And then a friend told me like, yeah, any Mormon? I was like, what? He's like, yeah. I was talking about it. I was like, oh my God. So I watched the episode. I was like, holy crap. And then I like kind of Googled it. And it was like, yeah, famous Mormons. Art of wow. I was like, oh my God. Because I remember him talking about church and stuff. Yes. He would all vaguely and, talk about right. religion and church, but never specifics. All right. But then he was also very um, open and accepting and applying uh the bhagavad gita and like mm, stoicism and a lot of different other religions or, or like worldviews and stuff right as finding like legitimate truth in them of themselves not not getting it wrong like i, I think a lot of stoicism mm. gets it gets a lot of things almost right and it's like this car with no engine you know but he would see it like cruising down the road like that's legit it's mm. like no so it's like okay if he's a Christian, then he's got some convictional problems or some, you know, consistency problems or something. But right. well, if he's a Mormon, then <laughs> then it's all even. Uh, yeah, it's, it's all playing field. Man, but yeah. Um, so the killers, is the that, killers. That's, yeah, that's Brand, Brandon Flowers is my my go-to Mormon. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, weren't the people who made Napoleon Dynamite Mormon? Ooh, where, is Jared has some Mormon? I don't know if he is. Well, I don't know. Is that the guy in Napoleon that's Dynamite? A, that's, no, that's uh, what's his name? I can't think of his name now. He's, his okay. name's Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we never did another movie, so there you go. <laughs> no, Jared Hess was a director. I think he was the writer too. Yeah, I think uh, I think the, I think they were Mormon. I don't know. Man. Maybe maybe I'm. Everybody's Mormon. Bring <laughs> some names to. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, funny that you have to find yeah. out too. Like they get outed. Like it's not a thing they talk about. They get outed as Mormon. Well, that's that thing. That's what he's talking about. Like when his friends and stuff. The, the author of this uh, magazine article, you know, he is like, oh, I didn't want to like say anything, but then they like me, so that's good for Mormonism and stuff. And you know, they like me despite my Mormonism. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's kind of what's weird about Mormonism is that there is like a, it's built into it, but there's a hidden aspect to it, right? Like. The sales pitch you get at the door from the two guys in, in the ties is not the whole story. There's a lot of details that they're leaving out that you don't get till you're in. Yeah. I remember talking to Mormons one time because I always invite them in. Right. You know, I love when they come by because it's like, <laughs> <laughs> so we can just talk and they're like, you don't even know whose door you knocked on. Um, <laughs> and I remember the one said one time, uh, well, yeah, we just because I asked him, you know, about it. He's like, yeah, we just, you know, want to share uh, the the message of Christ and redemption from your sins and uh, families staying together forever. There it is. Oh, that, I love that, it. That was weird. I was like, oh, like I, a Christian would not say that. No, like when as part of the gospel, but that's no, what no, it is of like family staying together forever. And it's like, man, that's appealing, you know, if There's if you a- love your family, like. <laughs> So that immediately turned you off to the idea. Oh, <laughs> Thanksgiving forever. <laughs> there's a, a there's a Mor- there's a Mormon hymn called uh, "I Want to Be a Family Forever." Mm. That talks about that, like the splendor of the the eternal state of being a family, like in the truest sense 
Well, I guess not the truest sense, right? In the in the the uh, shadow and picture sense, not the truest sense uh, yeah. forever. Yeah. So why is Mormonism wrong? Mm. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Of Latter Day Saints. I mean, Jesus, right? Right, right. It's in the title. Yeah. What's right. what could be wrong? The the <laughs> the problem is, I really love how how Jeff Durbin always puts it. Is he says that we get lost in the woods of speaking Christianese, right? Mm. We're using the same words. We're talking about Jesus and sin and repentance and faith and gospel, but we're not talking about the same thing when we say those words. So right. the problem with the Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints is that it's a different Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah, and I think that's something that that gets misunderstood too, as far as like, well, there's only one Jesus, and it's like, yeah, I know, like we right. believe that. And you believe that, but when we talk, so it's kind of like when, when we say that, and I think Durbin could be a little bit clearer when he says it too, because I hear him in his conversations talking about it. And I think what he, he their, their misunderstanding of like that we think there's actually different real Jesus. Right, in, right, right. And it's like, no, it, it means like a different understanding of Jesus or a different right. version of Jesus. And so instead of saying like that's another Jesus, and I always like when I'm talking with the Mormon, I always put it in the, um, uh, setting up hang on i'm trying to share, trying to share it yeah <laughs> this is an eternal woe on our podcast is you trying to share it <laughs> i never know oh i gotta change the you gotta change it to you instead i of changed the... to me because i'm like i shared to the page right now friends okay <laughs> okay anyway um yeah i think what would be better to say and this is an analogy i've used before is uh my dad is ray white right and it's like, and then somebody else said, oh, you know, or Ray White's your dad. You know, you know Ray White? I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, that's crazy. And then it's like, oh, well, who, you know, who's, who, are you sure you're, you talk about, like, oh, yeah, he was my math teacher. And it's like, okay, my right. dad was not a math teacher. He was never a math teacher. <laughs> and I'm like, my dad's, my, my, my dad, Ray White, he was in the military, he was a bomb squad. He, blonde hair, blue eyes, Texas accent, and like, Oh no, the Ray White I know is my math teacher. He's black, and he, you know, is an older <laughs> dude. And it's like, okay, we're talking about two different right. people, right? But the same right. name and the same thing. So it's like we're talking about two different people. When we get to yes. know them and describe them, we start understanding. Oh, okay, we're not talking about the same person. Mm. And so, like the Jesus of Mormonism is God's literal offspring from, just as we are. Uh, right by God and one of his goddess wives in the pre-existence, right? And well, hold on, wait a minute, because there's a lot of terms that just got dumped, like, right. real quick, that we got to, let's take it back. <laughs> and is and is the brother of Satan. Right, literal right. brother. Literal brother of Satan. Right. It's like, so, okay, we're talking about a different Jesus. <laughs> let's go back, like, a couple steps to how, like, Mormon God. Let's, let's start at that point, right? The, the origin point of everything. Let's start from there. Uh, the, the famous Mormon saying, the Mormon phrase, if you say it to a missionary, they'll probably be able to finish it, is as God is, man once, as man is, God once was, as God is, man may become, right? So the Mormon conception of God is that at some point in the distant past, he was just a man, like anybody else. He was just, just literally just like us, a flesh and blood human being uh, who existed on a planet, who had his own God. And through faithfulness to that God, he became a God. He was deified. Through perfection of himself. So he was a sinner. Right. And he was he, a sinner. Yes. Imperfect. 
a, a fallen man and right. through which which also begs the question so all the planets fell were there ever like mm. so so all so how many times did a savior need to save all these planets like infinitely was but it's like was, did adam ever succeed it's like I mean we're both comics guys, so I'm thinking a multiverse kind of thing. Right. It's like there's no reality yes. that where where Adam uh, succeeded or yes. just like Eden Eden just succeeded. Like I want right. to see that Earth Prime, like Earth Two. Like <laughs> I just want to see that of like. So that means there was always a sinner and, and a cross. Yes, there was always a savior and a cross and like what like or or did it was it different then? Well, see that, it that's just where it's itself? The, the way it's funny that you mentioned the multiverse because the way I understand it is that because they believe there's infinite planets with infinite gods, there must be infinite universes right. with infinite gods. Yeah, uh, I don't know if specifically it works the same way with Jesus as it does on every planet, but in every planet, there is fallen men who need to perfect themselves through faithfulness and obedience to become right. gods. That's always the setup. So yeah. there is there is no system where it has ever been uncorrupted in Mormonism. And it's basically, it's, it's, I, we have more in common with Islam than Mormons. Yes. It, because we're at least monotheistic. Right. <laughs> Instead of having billions of gods. Uh, Literally billion. Like, that's Literally not an exaggeration. Billion. They say, as, as, as there is matter, there are gods. Like, that's literally as, as, as many atoms are, there are like atom there right yes right yes <laughs> and the the little workaround is always like well we only worship one god right that's their that's their answer to that but, but yeah. they do acknowledge that there are infinite numbers of gods in in every way you can imagine there's a god somewhere yeah and i think a lot of people don't know this and i think a lot of mormons don't yes know this or think about it and increasingly as we're kind of talking about the the future state of mormonism and uh, the dilution of mm. Mormonism and assimilation where you lose everything. It's like a foreign person coming to America or to another country, losing their language, right. losing their cuisine, losing their stories, losing those things where they're just, you're just like everyone else and there's nothing different or set apart about you. Um, and so that a lot of Mormons don't even know. You, a lot of when you're talking to a Mormon, sometimes you have to convert them to Mormonism <laughs> first <laughs> in order to witness to them and 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 share the gospel with them because they just don't even know what Joseph Smith said, what the church has taught in the past, or any of those things. It's just kind of glossed over or just not even talked about or whatever, which is very weird because they do a lot of study, especially the missionaries and stuff of like a 6 a.m. school thing and like. You go to seminary every morning before high school and stuff, and it's like, are you gonna talk about any of this? Like, well, I mean, <laughs> maybe some of that is the fact that, like, you know, to, to assume that you went on a mission is to assume that you grew up in Mormonism, yeah, as opposed to being a convert. Yeah, well, it's like I think a lot of their training in in seminary is like sales training, where you don't learn a lot about the <laughs> you don't learn a lot about the product. You learn right. how to pitch it, and you learn how you to, learn the high points, not the right. <laughs> right. And then you just kind of smile and learn how to get into a door and get tracked it's the, in the, hand and get, it's the you know. song it's the song from a uh, book of mormon <laughs> <laughs> hello. With, with hello. Yeah. that one that's what it is that's a great one. yeah the book of mormon is 
I I can't recommend it. But, <laughs> but it's hilarious. It is hilarious. It all well done. <laughs> it, it was so funny because you know, like Mormons are just kind of like always being meek and, and fine, like never no confrontation and very like you know. Uh, someone asked Trey Parker, like, "Are you afraid of the backlash from the Mormon community?" He's like, "Oh, trust me, they'll be cool." <laughs> <laughs> Backlash from Mormon community. Mm, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, if this was called, if this was a musical called The Quran Live, it'd be a very different. <laughs> it'd be heads rolling already. <laughs> but Mormonism? No, nah, you're that'd good. Be a, that'd be a fatwa. Did you see you? You watch Curb Enthusiasm? No, I've never watched it. Oh my gosh! So Larry David, he. Uh, so you know fatwa, right? Like yeah, the, I know the, fatwa. The, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Death yeah. curse, right? right. Uh, of well, Salman Rushdie had you know he wrote the satan his right. the satanic verses and he got a fatwa put on him mm -hmm. but like with a grand mufti or whatever came out and was like if you see him kill him <laughs> <laughs> i was like put out there in the radical muslim world and it's like oh my god like a death curse like and he's lived his whole life someone rushed with this death curse on him like this is oh my god like any muslim could like anytime just like kill me and so Larry David writes a musical called Fatwa, the musical, <laughs> about Salman Rushdie. <laughs> you know, about the Fatwa put on him and everything. And Lin-Manuel Miranda is oh, Salman Rushdie. <laughs> it's like perfect, dude. <laughs> they have like a whole storyline. You know, they have like, a, they do an actual, like a dress rehearsal scene where people are kicking Salman Rushdie out of their house because he's like trying to live with them to stay away from the Fatwa. <laughs> it's so funny. So, so then the grand, so then he goes on, like Jimmy Kimmel and talks about it and he's like making fun of the Ayatollah and like all these things. And he's like, <laughs> and so then they put a fatwa on Larry David. <laughs> he's like, oh my God. <laughs> so he's like wearing a wig and like a disguise and stuff. <laughs> like be afraid. <laughs> oh my God. That's so uh, good. Yeah. It's so funny. But yeah, Book of, <laughs> Book, Book of Mormon, totally musical, totally different story. They're totally yeah. fine. No fatwas, no death curses. Uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, but I heard they actually put a pamphlet in the in the in the program at, of oh, the, the musical. Yeah, they like like <laughs> let them like you've seen the musical. Now read the book <laughs> <laughs> from page to screen, from well, page I mean, to stage. <laughs> anyone who's tried to read the Book of Mormon knows you can't read the Book of Mormon. Oh God, like, it's like, unreadable. I'm a reader. Yeah, and it's like chewing tinfoil. It is like, <laughs> oh my god! Like, I, it's just, oh, it's 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 pretty horrific. Um, well, and another thing that's interesting too, if you read the Book of Mormon, you're not going to find most of the things we're talking about. Right, like there is no multiple gods, there is no uh, spirit yeah. brothers, there's none of that's in the Book of Mormon. So yeah, you're not going to find it there. So there's a lot of like supplemental uh, literature with book with Mormonism. There's a lot of tie-ins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's comics. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, Joseph Smith would have been good. How great would Joseph Smith, the comic writer, <laughs> he's like the Grant Morrison of American religion. <laughs> oh, man. He would have been a great comic writer or something. Or, or you know, like L. Ron Hubbard with his science fiction yes, novels and right. stuff. Which I hear those are terrible, too. I've never tried to read one. I've but, never read one either. I, I've been tempted uh, to buy one when I see them at like the used bookstore, but I, I've yeah, never done it. 
I've, I, yeah, I, I, one of these days I'm going to give Battlefield Earth a, a go. Oof. And uh, I mean, that's got to be, they made a movie of it, right? I guess that's got to be the best one. Yeah, but it got made because John Travolta got behind it. That's the only, re- the Scientologist got yeah, behind John, the Scientology movie. John Travolta's in that book. <laughs> <laughs> Dressed like a space gorilla. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I heard those are really terrible. Um, Rogan was saying that he tried to read them too, and he was like, he's like, he just, there's no second draft. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like He's 1960s just, comics. Boom, 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 publish. That's Stan Lee at his core, man. There's no second draft. There's not oh, even dude. an outline. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how, like, how they, though, they wrote the, the whole Marvel method or whatever. I mean, it, there's like Kirby's like really drawing pictures, and they're like, well, what words would go with that picture? Yeah, write something. What, <laughs> just what would they say in this situation? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. He's pole vaulting over a building randomly. What, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? I don't know. What I that's I mean that's kind of like Mormonism. What did God say this century? Yeah, and it changes. And so yeah, so a lot of the so what are the the supplemental uh tie-in literature uh scripture, you say, right, to that uh are uh the doctrines and creeds, right? Mm-hmm. Pearl doctrines of Great and Price. Doctrines and Covenants. Pearl of Great Price. Isn't there another one? Is there I I think those are the only ones because the the quad the the quad binding mm. is the King James Bible, yeah. uh, Book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants, and Pearl of Great Price, which is unfinished. Price. Actually, that's an unfinished book. Yeah, uh, and and they believe that. So they they say they believe the Bible, and as long as it's translated correctly. Yes, that's, very, all, that's that's the caveat. Very convenient caveat in there, because then anything comes up, it's like, well, that that must be one of those right. that just isn't. You know, so this this ESV, this you know standard Bible, incorrect. Anything in there can be wrong because it was mistranslated. Right. Um, yeah, and and so that that that's their scripture. And that's where a lot of it comes from is the Doctrine and Covenants and like Pearl of Great Price and stuff. Right. And from uh, just Joseph Smith's teachings, because claiming to be a prophet mm. when you when you speak in in an authoritative state, thus saith the Lord, type of like right. my official. That's scripture. Like that, like when the apostles preached and Paul spoke and shared the God, that was scripture, right? right? And so we don't have it because he just spoke or whatever. But when he told, when he preached in the name of God and for God, he he was speaking for God, right? And and then he wrote for God the, the letters. That's scripture. It's God breathed. And so that's Joseph Smith's claim as well. Like that's exactly I thus saith the Lord, right? Right. And. Yeah, that's where you get like plurality of gods, and like you know, um, you say God is one. I, I refute that idea, and in, in, so that you may see, you know, like all of these just like complete contradictions of the Bible, right? And and just you know, off the cuff and just go. <laughs> well, it's 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 very much a progressive religion. Like it it doesn't start where it finishes. It it has to morph and change, and as right. he's coming up with new ideas, he's adding to it. Yeah. Uh, there's it's so much that Joseph Smith, when he founded Mormonism, it does not look the same as Joseph Smith when he died, as far yeah. as his belief system. Just completely different. Yeah. I mean, and then he changed his mind drastically. He he taught different things. He like he did teach there was one God in, in you know, like the eighteen thirties. But then like by the eighteen forties, he was teaching there wasn't, you know, it's not there was multiple gods and like and it's like you you've heard it said that there's one God. It's like, yeah, from you. <laughs> you said it five years ago. Now you're saying the Florida God. What's going on? It's like, but, but I mean, 
I can marry five women, so let's just right. That's I mean, it's one of those things. The polygamy is the same way. It wasn't there, then it was there, then it's not again. It just right. depends, you know, which way is the wind blowing today? Right. So I read Dr. White's book, uh, Is the Mormon My Brother? Uh, I read this a while back. Very good, uh, very informative. So many quotes just from the Doctrine and Covenants and Book of Mormon and, and all kinds of stuff. And just uh, the King Fallout Discourse is a big one that um, Joseph Smith was uh, speaking in as a prophet. Right. And a lot of that was recorded. And um, so this is from the, the words of LDS Apostle George Cannon. It says, quote, a Latter-day Saint, as Latter-day Saints, we need constantly the guidance of Jehovah. We have the Bible, the Book of Mormon, and the Doctrine and Covenants, but all these books without the living oracles and a constant stream of revelation from the Lord would not lead any people into the celestial kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. This may seem a strange declaration to make, but strange as it may sound, it is nevertheless true. So it's this constant stream of revelation, and that's what it is. It's just that keeps things changing and evolving. And so we have a God that can just change his mind or right. say something is good or bad and then switch it. And then it's okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. So basically you. Like that's what people do. Right. Yes. Because <laughs> God is just a person. That's At the yeah. end of the day, it comes back to that. Yeah. There's a lot of different sections in here. Um, he's just talking about. Joseph Smith's theology evolved, you know, in, in 1844, right. uh, Smith was saying, I will preach on the plurality of gods. I've selected this text for that express purpose. I wish to declare I've always, and in all congregations, when I have preached on the subject of the deity, it has been the plurality of gods. It has been preached by the elders for 15 years. Um, you know, and so let me see. In uh, a test, the testimony of the three witnesses uh, printed in the front of the Book of Mormon records them saying, quote, and the honor to be the Father and to the Son and the Holy Ghost, which is one God. Amen. Hmm. So it's like, okay, well, which is it? You know, <laughs> you just, <laughs> yeah, and the second Nephi 31, 20, 21, Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, which is one God. Hmm. So it's like, that's the Book of Mormon right there. And then in book in uh, the the book, Book of Mormon, seven, chapter 7, verse 7, unto the Father and unto the Son and unto the Holy Ghost, which are one God. So you just have these contradictions from the Book of Mormon and from Joseph Smith's teachings as the years progress. You know, however, somewhere between 1834 and 1836, his belief changed. <laughs> and by June, by June 18 of 1844, Smith was saying the plurality of gods. So... Yeah, Doctrine of Covenants 2028, which Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are one God, infinite and eternal without end. Amen. Like, that's not Christian. Eternal is a good one because right. they don't believe in an eternal God. That's right. They believe in an eternal universe. Well, they did, and then they didn't. <laughs> it's changed. <laughs> yeah, that's, and, I, and they are one God. Yeah, because he dwells in flesh, he shall be called the Son of God. In verse 4, uh, in this uh, book of Mos Moshe, 15, 1 through 5, verse 4, and they are one God, the, the very eternal Father of heaven and of earth. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, this is what I'm saying. So it's like they believe one thing, and then years later, Joseph Smith will just say, oh, I've always taught it for the plurality of gods. And like They can like literally open up the Book of Mormon and be like, <laughs> well, they can't not right anymore. They print a new one, <laughs> and then you don't have to worry about that one anymore. Right, they change it, right? There was a, a big yeah. change. Depending on yeah. the additions you get, it's going to say different things. So I mean, the one on my shelf might be out of date already. I don't because I got a recent one, so I don't know what's changed between now and then. Yeah, 
Yeah. That, so then, yeah. Then you have then you have this from Joseph Smith. Uh, God is an exalted man. God Himself was once as we are now, and an, and is an exalted man, and sits enthroned in yonder heavens. That is the great secret. If the veil were rent today, and the great God holds this world in its orbit, and who upholds all worlds and all things by his power, was to make himself visible, I say, if you were to see him today, you would see him like a man in form, like yourselves and all the person, image and very form as a man. For Adam was created in the very fashion, image and likeness of God, and received instruction from, and walked, talked, and conversed with him as one man walks and communes with another. But we know from the Bible that God is spirit. And so it's just like these complete contradictions. Right. And then, and, and if, if a Mormon says like, oh, well, these are just kind of like deep doctrinal, you know, right. side issue things, whatever. Yes. This part here says we cannot pass lightly over Smith's assertion that it is, quote, quote, the first principles of the gospel to know mm. with certainty the character of God and to know that he was once a man like us. First principle of the gospel. That sounds pretty important. That sounds like a closed hand issue. And you know, in those, the those are... That is a thing that I've had a Mormon say to me before. Like, well, those are kind of tertiary issues. It, it's a little unclear what Joseph Smith actually thought about. It's like, what what are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, he just never heard it. That's the problem. He's hearing it for the first time, maybe, or maybe the second or third time. And, and just like, well, what do you mean? What that Mormon means to say is, I don't know about that. Mm. And God is God, and I know what TV says about God a lot. And, you know, <laughs> so that's it. Man, and the, the Mormon creation story is such that's one of those things that I, I when when you start talking to missionaries and they'll they'll go back to that, like, look, we both believe in God, who's the father of Jesus, who created the universe. That's one place where I like to like stop it. Because right. they don't believe in a God that created the universe. Right. right. I know this is gonna sound like weird, but Mormons believe that God organized pre-existing matter into the universe. He didn't create anything. Right. He, he's never created Anything that wasn't already here, ex nihilo, out right, of right, exactly. Out and of nothing. They specifically say that he doesn't, right? That he does not ex uh, uh, create out of nothing. It's like everything was created by the word of God. Like he said it, and then right, he spoke like, it, and it right into existence. You know, and that's that's just completely denied. Here's Numbers twenty three nineteen. God is not a man. Mm. <laughs> well, <laughs> that he <laughs> that he should lie, nor a son of man, that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? Like Man, that's that should be a coffin, like right there. Malachi three six. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, mm. you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. Like did Joseph Smith even read the Bible? Like no. So I the mean, answer is no. <laughs> any cursory glance at the Bible will know. Like oh, I can't say that. Because, you know, <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> you have to think about like the dynamics of his his whole religion is just he was the head who would question him. Whatever he said was what it was. Yeah, he, I mean, he was so, Steve Jobs. What you just described is a cult. Right. Yes. But see, and that's offensive to say that Mormonism is a cult. Like, even if you just say that, it's almost like. Oh, here we go. And so <laughs> and it, 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 it says so much that it loses its meaning in truth right. of like, no, this is a cult. This has in the literal sense characteristics, right. you know, like group thought. And, and Jehovah's Witness, the same thing. And they yes. take pride in that. Jehovah's Witness will say, yes. oh, if you go to any kingdom hall, you'll hear this, the same thing that everybody is saying. And there's right. no 
discrepancy yes. at all. We are all in line. It's like you're describing a cult. That's right. Group thought. There's no liberty of conviction. There's no uh, differences in, in, in open-handed issues or anything. It's all there's no categories for anything, and it's all just we're all on the same page and we're thinking the same thing and saying the right. same thing. It's like that is a cultish characteristic that Christianity does not have. People no. call Christ Christianity a cult, and that's one big one that they'll say that 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 shows that it is not a cult. But then they'll also say, "Oh, you're all inconsistent. You got so many denominations. Right. Who knows?" And so it's a it's a lose lose. It's right. There's there's, there's so many denominations. You all don't know what you're doing. It's all different translate. Believe different things about the Bible, whatever. And and then they'll also say, "Oh, you're a robot's cult." You all think the same you're thing. You're all indoctrinated. All, you don't have any free thoughts. It's like, okay, which is it? Are we right. are we all the other. cult or are we chaos? Like it can't be both. <laughs> so that's a that's a weird one. Well, I mean, that's one of the one of the, the beauties of Christianity, I think, is that that fact that we can look at somebody who we can disagree with and still think like they're dead on on that point. Like they right. they, they this is correct and they have it. But that other thing We'll disagree and we're not throwing them out we're not starting new sex over this we're not you know excommunicating yeah. over this it's it, it is kind of there's that we understand differently but we're in the same faith mormonism doesn't have that that's why you have they'll say it's one church but there are different sects of mormonism that some still hold to polygamy some right. still hold to certain ideas that are not the same as what more mainstream mormonism preaches yeah um and again i don't think a lot of mormons know about that i think they're just right kind of in this bubble and right yeah you know everything's controlled everything's controlled through this moralism you know of like don't watch those movies don't right. don't listen to this radio don't get online don't you know and so they're kind of controlled in that and and and, and this is where I, I think it's really important to in this discussion to talk about the similarities with between christianity and mm -hmm. or like evangelicalism yes you know because it's it's very close there's some scary uh you know similarities there you know, when we start talking about the Trinity, right? How many, how many times in mm. growing up in evangelical church have we heard a heresy of, well, it's like ice where it's like right. forms and it's like, okay, modalism. Like, <laughs> and, and so we're falling into this heresy. We don't even know it. We just heard this analogy and we just repeat it. Right. And I think Mormons do the same thing and they don't even question it. And it contradicts their own scriptures, but so does the ice thing with the Holy Spirit. Right. And so it's like, okay, we can't be saying stuff like that because now we're contradicting ourselves just like the Mormons do. And also another big one, and this is a huge characteristic of Mormons and Mormon missionaries, is personal testimony. Yes. Right. So yes. And, and, and I, I remember being told in my Christian evangelical Bible studies and Sunday schools, share your testimony. Can't prove that wrong. And that's the, sa that's the sales training. You yes, can't prove right. my personal experience. I've experienced Christ, and you can't prove that wrong. Well, that's the end of every infomercial, right? They show the people who have bought the product and are satisfied. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> only the only them. They're not selling the. Yeah, there's nobody else who didn't have a good time with <laughs> this it. Dissatisfied. <laughs> well, and that's like that's that's the problem with like the manifestation and power positive thinking mm -hmm. and the secret and all that right. crap is that they only film and, and interview those people who have succeeded. And people, it yes, worked out. Right. They don't film the people whose dream board didn't come to reality. You know? <laughs> so it's like you know, it's scary too. Almost in the in the same way that we have these same characters, I, I see them being adopted more now. Where Christians are doing things like dream boards or vision boards. Like, well, I'm just goal oriented. I'm just these are successful practices that people do. It's like, yeah, this is cultic sales tactics is what you're well, doing. And that comes from the myth of neutrality of right. like, well, this is just kind of something. This right. time. 
it's not christian it's origins it's don't really matter evil. it's right you know it's like why can't it why why can't we be a christian version of meditation why can't it be a you know right all of that right and it's like okay if if you're meditating on the scriptures and filling your mind right with yes. things that are good instead of emptying your mind like the eastern meditation that's completely opposite right so because you're, you're trying to empty your mind and think of nothing and, and and you know empty it when Christian meditation is fill your mind with things that right. are good and fill it with scripture and, and dwell on God, dwell on these things. And, you know, that's the meditation, but that's the exact opposite of, of the cultural world accepted meditation, which is empty your mind and, and become one with everything. And mm. basically nihilism, lose your personality. Uh, so the, the personal testimony thing is big because I have had yeah. Mormons tell me like after two or three meetings, it, it comes down to like, look, I know that this is true. Right. I read the Book of Mormon and I felt it in me when I read it. Right. And that that to them that's just a legitimate argument that it's just true. Right. And in this and this is what's weird too because if someone asked me why I'm a Christian, why why how did you become why why are you a Christian, right? Or how do you know? Because I'll say I know that God exists. Right. I know it, and I know that that. Jesus was real, that Jesus is God, and that he is our savior. I know that. And so, and I think the faithful answer to that is, let's say, how? How do you know this? How, how, how do you know that that's true? I think the faithful answer is because God has revealed that to me. Right. And that's very, and, and so that sounds like, well, I had this religious experience. And right, God right, right. came down and, and told me. Uh, but it's not. It's through Scripture, and it's through the Holy Spirit. Right. Because I can read John three sixteen, and Christopher Hitchens can read John three sixteen, and we're both not saved. So that's a revelation to both of us. But right. it, but it, but it's a saving revelation to me, hmm. and to and not to the atheist, right? But so it's not necessarily those words written down. It's the power of the Holy Spirit and in God's grace, hmm. and that does it. So that's what the revelation that the spirit is goes from dead to alive right? right and so that's how i'm saved that's how i know that this is true and then the whole co Lewis thing by it i see everything else and so that right, right. that yes. worldview changes to where you know i don't see that i don't know the sun exists because i can see the sun I, I i believe the sun exists because by it i see everything else so then it becomes this worldview that everything else is intelligible through and there's no other worldview that makes everything consistent this right. is this one this one answers the questions the other ones don't they can't account for consciousness they can't account for anything else but, but christianity can and so that's that's how i know this is true because there's no such thing as truth without it hmm. kind of thing you know so it, it has to be true right. <laughs> by by the absurdity of the alternative <laughs> you know which is we're all matter in motion and everything's purposeless and meaningless but yet we're trying to find purpose and create meaning and you know <laughs> which makes no sense um but yeah so that's and so that sounds like oh religious experience whatever but i think it's different because with, with mormonism it, it truly is just a subjective a feeling re it's relativism right right like how is that not relativism of like well i know it's true because right. i read the book of mormon i prayed and i felt a burning in my bosom right they say and just like a, a feeling and you can't argue with that that's the point you know right. 
So, but then, you know, I like what Durbin says a lot too of like, well, say some, like that can't be your standard of truth because the Muslim is saying the same thing. Right. And the Jehovah's Witness is saying the same thing. And the Heaven's Gate person is saying the same thing. So that can't, this personal subjective revelation, they'll say, so did I. I read the Quran and God just revealed himself to me and I know. Right. And that's it. I had my personal subjective experience. I felt something. And that's how I know Islam is true. And what I'm seeing in a lot of these evangelism videos with Mormons is their answer is, well, you know, just that if that's what he believes, then that, and it's like, you don't believe that. That's not, you know, <laughs> that's what he's saying. <laughs> it's not, there's no objective truth. There's no absolute truth. Mormons not, believe in absolute truth. Not if you want to be liked, there's not. Right. And that's the seeping into the world. And it's weird because it's almost like I become a Mormon apologist because it's like, <laughs> come on, Mormon, don't <laughs> don't give into the world like that and think how they do. Come on, stand up for your heretical beliefs. <laughs> well, did you ever see the video, Dr. If White? You're gonna be a heretic, it. at least be a courageous backbone. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. White played a video where uh Rabbi Tovia Singer was giving a speech. I don't remember who he was debating, but uh, he was kind of giving one of his remarks, and he he goes into this deep, impassioned speech where he's talking about the fact that, uh, you know, when when people believe in a Deutero Isaiah, they believe that somebody else wrote the second half of Isaiah and somebody else wrote the first half of Isaiah because there's no way they could have known Cyrus in the first half. And he he goes into we need to understand that this is the word of God, and Isaiah wrote that because he had words from God and he spoke it, and we need to not be ashamed to say that God spoke and these people wrote. And it was like, whoa, Amen. it was like, yeah, right from the Jew who denies Christ outright. And, but it was one of those moments of like, he's willing to say the thing that we're not willing to say about a lot of things. Right, right. They have more conviction in, in a in a false worldview and false right. theology. Yeah, but, but you're not even seeing that from the Mormons anymore. No. It, it, it is this wishy-washy postmodern relativist thing of like, well, that's what's true for you is true for you. Right. And that's you do you and well, I'll do me. And it's like, well, when you believe no one goes to hell, you can kind of, you've got the luxury of just letting everybody do you or do them or do themselves or be them or their own truth. My truth, speak your truth, whatever you, when you, when you have a world and a, and a theology that, that says there's no hell, that the people don't go to hell anymore. Right. Then which Mormons believe by the way. Right. There is no the, hell in Mormonism. Yeah. You have the luxury of, just doing that because like, well, okay. I mean, these aren't souls at stake really. So there's another factor that too, that I don't think people really think about uh, is that the ultimate goal of Mormonism is ultimately self-focused, right? Like mm -hmm. the reason you get married and the reason you do temple ceremonies and the reason that you get baptized and the reason that you go through everything is because you want to reach exaltation, right? right. The goal of Mormonism is for you to be exalted to Godhood. Yeah. The goal Which of Christianity is, is for God to be exalted. Right. That's the sin of everything. Yes. That's the that's the root of every sin, of the first sin. You will be like God. Right. Eat of the fruit, and your eyes will be open. You're like, that, well, that's what I want. And that's the root of all sin is trying to replace God with ourselves. And that and that's exactly what Mormonism is, is literally I want to – I'm go going to be a God right. of my own planet. And the more – successful i am and the more children i have the more prosperous and and and, and well to do my planet will be and more populated it will be and it's like oh, okay like <laughs> that's some real science fiction stuff yeah, going on there and like <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And I think that's the, the reason I, I used to think that their their evangelism was admirable because they were willing to knock on doors and talk to people they don't know and, and put themselves in uncomfortable situations. Now, you know, with that perspective shift, it's it's really not, right? So like Christian mm-hmm. evangelism, we do it because God is glorified through the salvation of people, right? We, we benefit nothing from their salvation. God ultimately is glorified through their salvation. It's all for him, to him, through him. In Mormonism, as long as I knock on that door and hit my numbers, I get exalted. It doesn't matter yeah. what happens to them. It doesn't matter if I give them the word enough to, to anything. As long as I'm making my numbers, I'm going to be a god. Yeah, and, and something you don't see in Mormon evangelism either is a uh, involuntary pouring out of love and glorification and delight in God that mm. I can't help but speak what I've seen and heard. Yes, yes. It, it's, it, uh, the more missionaries are waking up every day like, I really don't freaking want to get on this bicycle. Right. <laughs> you know, and like, this sucks, but I'm just going to do it because you just embrace the suck and right. muscle through and, you know, just I'll finish my mission and, and that'll look good on a resume, you know. And and so it is this thing, this like burden and just thing yes. you guys got to do and it doesn't matter. Whereas... Christian evangelism at least ought to be, right? Uh, you know, they, they will they will ask about the hope that is within you. Always yes. be prepared, always to have a hope answer for the, for the hope that is within you. That implies they see a hope, and you know, let your light shine before men and, and, right. and ask you about it. And so, but that, that's the thing in in, in Acts two, and they're like, we you know whether it's right for us to do this it, for you to decide, but we cannot speak, we cannot help but speak what we have seen and heard. Right. That is just this like I I. That's just how I see the world. You right. ask me about anything, I'm going to give you a Christian back. answer. Like, right. that's just it. Because then everything revolves around Christ. And if we really have that mindset and really seeing family and business and work and friendship and, and education and everything through the lens of Christ in that worldview, it's just going to come out. Like, that's just how we're going to, that's the context we're going to put everything in. And right. just that everything revolves around Christ. And so, They'll people will ask, and, and that's the pouring out, and that's the life that just shines of Christ, you know, and that just glorifies Christ. And you don't see that really in Mormonism. It, it really is a sales pitch, build the brand, you know, and just kind of get get people in. I mean, think about where we started, like talking about people that we didn't know were Mormon, right? Like we found out they were Mormon. There, yeah. There's nobody I listened to who's a Christian who I didn't know going in that they were a Christian, right? Like there's no, uh, like you said, that should be the way it's done. It isn't necessarily all the time. There is a lot of people in the evangelical tradition who are like kind of hoist that on you afterwards. Like, oh yeah, I go to church or whatever. But, but you know, that, that Mormon thing is like, oh, I found out they're a Mormon or I, I learned that they're a Mormon. Yeah. Like you could go through the killer's discography and never know that, that, uh, is he, still, is he still a Mormon? Was still, he like an actual? No. Or was, I thought he fell away. And he's like, on the website in an ad for like, I'm Brandon Flowers and I'm a Mormon. <laughs> well, when it's this culturally acceptable brand, you gotta yeah. be like. That's, they make you know. commercials. That's what it is. Like they show him like making music and playing with his family. And like, this is what it means to be Mormon. Yeah. But that's selling the brand, man. Yes. That's like selling it you know like kevin smith talks about that too about like wayne gretzky like you're trying to what do you say he's like you're trying to uh sell it you're trying to you know i can't remember what he says but but he does it too just like about movies like i just love movies and he always always talking about it and he's always just like selling the thing of like trying to 
uh, I forget what he calls it, but and, and Gretzky did the same thing with hockey of just kind of like get get into hockey. Like he's just always talking about it and always, you know, doing it. And that's different than uh, my life is just everything's in the context of it because you don't have to like push the religion of it. Right. It's just my family is part of the religion. My job, my work, everything is part of the religion right. and part of my faith and belief in Christ. Uh, and that's just what it is. And, and so that, but I think even evangelicalism does get into that salesman thing and yes. does get into that people or projects kind of thing yes, yes. and just kind of pushing it and sell my testimony and learn how to, you know, learn the Christ came down and <laughs> died and then rose, you know, like the whole like five points and do the whole well, thing. I, mean, and- I don't, I, I don't want to be that guy, but how many churches are having like Easter egg hunts right now? to get yeah. people in the doors for Easter. Like if we, if we, we have the egg hunt on the front lawn. Maybe they'll come inside to hear the rest of it. Like we got to, mm-hmm. what, what, what are we giving away? If you buy a car this week, what you win them with is what you win them to. Yes. And that, and, and I think that's something that Christians need to think a lot about because if we win a bunch of kids with free pizza and Xbox, we've won them to free pizza and Xbox. Yes. So when they come to youth group, they come to church, they're expecting, feel good vibes and fun and like a recharge. And I, I feel great coming out of here. Like if they're coming out of third Sunday, like I suck like this. <laughs> I don't feel great. <laughs> you know? And it's like, yeah, you know, that's kind of thing. And that's kind of, you know, we were talking about Easter and we were talking about passion of the Christ and just mm-hmm. kind of like how, how Catholic that movie is. Yeah. And it's just like this two hour Catholic guilt trip. Yes, you know, and, and that and that as a huge characteristic of Catholicism is the guilt, and that, that it, it's a it's a joke. It's like a the identifier, like that Catholic guilt. You know, it's like, ugh, I right. just feel, and I gotta confess, and I gotta unburden myself, and now I feel great. You know, and then, but it's just it's it is this guilt and stuff, and and it's and that, and that one's a little harder to respond to because it's like you are guilty. You know, yeah, we are it, guilty. It is your right? fault. <laughs> right. It's like your your sins did put Jesus on the cross. Like he right. did take that for you for you. Right. And so but there but what, what I think is missing from the Catholic Catholic worldview is the grace and mm. just that you are not that sinner anymore. You have a new identity in Christ and that you've been declared righteous. You're not working for that righteousness anymore. You didn't lose it. You know, right. because you can't lose what you didn't earn. So you didn't earn that and you were given it by God's grace and just abide in that grace. Like, But that's but that slips into the Pelagianism of like, oh, well, I once saved, always saved. I can just kind of do whatever I want, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like anybody with that mindset isn't truly saved because and that's the that's the what they don't get is like, right. well, people well, then people just do whatever they want. If there's no guilt, if there's no like you know, works added to it that you're not contributing. And that's, that's Mormonism too, you know? Right. Yes. The book of Mormon says, you know, uh, we're saved by God's grace after all we can do. Yes. And it's like, so that, and that's not even like a, well, you know, we do our part. It's it's a, it's a uh, synergism, but it's like, I'm going to do all my work and then the grace. Right. You know, it's not like, even the Catholic, I think, is more side by side on that right, right. than Mormonism. Mormonism is like, I'm going to do my part, and then God does the rest. Right. And, which I guess is essentially synergism. Uh, 
but I don't think I think Catholics look at it a little differently as far as yeah um, Catholicism has a lot of things working for you right like there's mm. Christ there's the saints mm. there's a lot of different things coming in for you Mary in, Mor in Mormonism it's you better do your part right you have to do these things nobody is working for you you have to do these things but again it's like there's not even a hell there's not even like a yeah that's what I well it's the self exaltation. You don't right. have to have if, if if I can tempt you with the ultimate carrot, then it doesn't matter what the consequence is. The important thing is that you'll be God. It's just crazy, man. Like it's so weird how like there's so and, and that's a problem too, because that means there's no justice. Yes. For things, right. right? Yes. I mean, so like ultimately you be, there's no justice. So like where did Hitler go? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like so everybody well, just I mean, kind of gets away it, with everything. Take it a step past that, right? Because like in Mormonism, you can be baptized for the dead so that they can reach exaltation. So like conceptually, somebody yeah. who's a descendant, I know he didn't have any, but let's say conceptually, someone who's a descendant of Hitler could be baptized in his place so that he could reach a higher level. Like you can do the good works that somebody else couldn't do. Jeez. So like there, there's ultimately no justice because whatever whatever bad things happened, uh, I mean, there's not even because Christ didn't really die for our sins. Did he die for our sins? In like, how does that work? Because that would be justice. That would right. be the wrath. And, and right, right. I, I think that's kind of like just done away with of like, well, we don't want that God. We don't want <laughs> if, if you don't want a God of wrath, then you don't want a God of justice. Right. And that's the problem. And so that that's the ultimate thing. Yeah, because that because he is a just God, and that's why like we're, we're watching the kids, um, we're watching this Bible thing, and they're talking about like God, Jesus, Jesus God erase your sins and stuff, and it's like, yeah, but he paid for them, right? Like he didn't just say, forget about it, like right, whatever, it's, you're you're, you're right. good, yeah. right? Because that would be an unjust God, right? And so it's like he paid for them. There was justice done. Blood yes. was shed. The wages of sin is death, and that was paid on the cross in in your place. So, but there was a life taken, right? Right, and that it was it was the only life worthy of being taken for to to satisfy the sin, and that's what hell ultimately is: is you dying for your sins forever, forever, right? Right, and so and it's like so it's like okay, I'm going to pay for my own sins. Well, that's hell, right? That's that's literally what that is. Just you're you're going to be paying for that forever. It's like a school loan. Like you're just gonna pay it for it. <laughs> so you can't you can't pay it. You're like you're just gonna be paying that your whole life, you know. Right. <laughs> and that's what it is. And that's what that's eternal justice. Like, well, I'm gonna pay for my own sins. And it's like, well, then you, your life isn't. You don't have it. It's not worth enough. So you're just yes. gonna be paying forever. Like you don't make enough money to pay this loan off. Your job pays you only this much, and you can make this payment to your student loan and the interest is growing and you're just paying that for the rest of your career, your rest right. of your life. That's hell. It's like you, you, you life doesn't make enough to pay for that sin. So that's what hell is just paying for it forever. Um, you know, um, besides the grace of Christ and that sacrifice of paying the ultimate price because he can't afford it right. with his life, his, his life of, of sinlessness, perfect adherence to the law and, Perfect righteousness. Like we didn't have that. He did. He could afford it. So he's the one that paid for it. And so it's different than God erases your sin. Right. You know, because that's just like, you know, and, and there is like you remember just sin no more and other things of, of that forgetfulness. That's true. But 
But it was paid, really but because it was paid for, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not because he just, eh, you're good, right. you know, because that would be an unjust God. And I think another, you know, reason that the Catholicism has that guilt aspect is because they don't have uh, election or uh, ultimately predestination. Uh, so in, in that conception of God and sin, we sin, and now God has to come in and clean up our mess. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they messed up. Let me let me go take care of it. Like, it's a burden to God to have to do this thing. Whereas the scriptural concept is like, it pleased God to crush him. Right. Right. Because it's justice. I mean, right. you want justice. You see the evil, and you're so glad. Like, who's not happy that the racist murderer is th- is thrown in prison for his life? You know what I mean? Like, right. yes, yes, that's good. That's that that is what should happen, right? And that's the wrath of God. That's the justice of God. Like that, that we have to start looking at it in that mindset and not seeing God as some bully according to some screwed up human standard. Well, it's focus grouping, right? It's it's in the in the uh what do they call it? When they show a movie before they in the in the test audience. The test audience wasn't happy with the way God's wrath was playing out. So we're gonna like edit that out. <laughs> Yeah, that made people feel bummed out. Right. You know, yeah, they didn't like it. They didn't play well. Yeah, yeah, it's weird, man. So Mormonism, yeah, definitely is that like practical, convenient religion of just good vibes and good feelings, and you know, no matter what, you don't go to hell anyway. So just, you know, I hope you become a Mormon. But if not, you're good too. And it is that ultimate relativism of like, well, it truly doesn't matter. If you don't become a Mormon, because yes. if you're a Muslim, if you're a Christian, if you're a Hindu, whatever, we're all going, we're right. all okay, you know. So, yeah. So then, so then, ultimately, the mission in the in the door knocking and everything isn't for that per no. for, for the person they're you know witnessing to. It's for themselves, right? So it's like, well, then why are they doing it? Oh, because they want to exalt themselves. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Right. It's like, ooh, that's kind of that <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the book of Acts. It's the same reason that uh, Simon the sorcerer became a Christian because he saw what Peter could do and he wanted to do it. That was the reason that he became a Christian. <laughs> Not because he wanted to, like, you know, Peter was doing these things in order to preach the word of God. Simon was like, I want some of that power. <laughs> that's dope. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's funny. But I mean, Mormonism has a lot of mysticism in it too, but that's a whole other (laughs) golden plates, the golden man, the golden plates and everything. I do want to read Galatians one because I think it kind of hits it nails on on the head and maybe we can end with this. Um, Galatians one, six through nine. And we're talking about different gospel. We're talking about uh, Joseph Smith's first vision when an angel came to him and gave him the golden plates and said, you know, all these other religions are a lie. This is the true religion. It's it's right. it's been broken and in and in, 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 you know perverted and distorted. Here's the true religion. Here's the real story. And that was the Book of Mormon. They gave him these golden plates of the Book of Mormon, and that was the first, Joseph Smith's first revelation. And he was had this experience, and Angel Moroni came down and gave him the golden plates, and that was the Book of Mormon, right? So, Galatians one six through nine is Paul speaking. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should Mm. preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. 
As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. And that's exactly what Mormonism is. Like, just truly, it is a false gospel. It is a different gospel, different Christ, different God, different scripture, and it contradicts scripture. Joseph Smith is a false prophet. And if you're in Mormonism, we ask you to repent and believe in the true Jesus Christ and accept salvation and redemption. And, you know, there's so many people, we speak the same Christianese, but right. we're talking about a different Christ. We're mm -hmm. talking about a different gospel and a different God. And that's ultimately what it comes down to and, and what needs to be realized. It, you know, it, it, the, the problem with the wrong Jesus is that a wrong Jesus, there's only one Jesus that can save it, right? Right. You, you can believe in, a, in any kind of Jesus you want with all of your heart, but if it's the wrong one, it doesn't matter. Sincerity means nothing. Sincerity means nothing. Wrong. You can you can sincerely drink poison and it'll still kill you. You can sincerely believe the earth is flat. Right. And it but, won't get you anywhere. <laughs> and people do. Yes. And you and you see this conviction, it's like, bro, you're so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you know, and we understand it on that kind of thing of like, oh, they believe the earth is flat. And they're like serious about this. Yeah. And, and we know that serious business means nothing. That right. sincerity and conviction mean nothing. Everything ain't flat. That's it. And so it's just this delusion denial thing. And so that's why we need to see people with different worldviews, different gospels. Is just like, it doesn't matter how sincere you are. It really doesn't. Like you're lost and, and you need to come to the truth, you know. So next week uh, we'll be back with the other great American religion, Jehovah's Witness, Watchtower, Bible and Tract Society. Which, man, is that... Oof, I've had a lot of interactions with them, and they've always been fun. So it's it's Jehovah's Witness a whole. It's like I first say it this way: Mormonism is a mile wide and an inch deep, right? Jehovah's Witness is like an inch wide and a mile deep. <laughs> they know scripture. Oh they yeah, they know dude. the Bible. Dude, they, they, know, they know Greek. It, They'll get I, down with it. It's like Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, come to your door, share the gospel with them. Jehovah's Witness, <laughs> if you better be ready yep. yeah. because they will throw stuff at you. They know script. I, I'll just say this to the average listener or evangelical Christian listener. They know the Bible better than you do. Oh, yeah. And you have sure, to be prepared sure. for that. And it's not this. It's not Mormonism. It's dilution into they're convicted for their cult. They know they, they right. know their scripture. They know the Bible. And you have to be ready for that. And if you don't, that's a big, like, you, they're going to walk all over you with scripture if you don't know your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's a really dangerous conversation to get into. Yeah. and, and For sure. You know, right now we've had a little bit of a break because of the pandemic, so no one's been showing up to anybody's door. <laughs> as soon as they start opening stuff up again, you're going to get those JWs at your door, or they're at the park, wherever they're out in public, at the airport. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll dig into that one. That's going to be intense, but it's important. Uh, you, you know, you can't – I know it's the, the joke is like when they knock, don't answer, but you got to answer. Like what, what better mission field is there than people coming to you? And if you have yeah. the truth and you don't answer the door, you're, uh, you, you've got blood guilt on your hands. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, but you better be ready. And, yeah. and if you're if you're not ready, close the blinds and turn off the lights. <laughs> <laughs> I've got actually. Let me let me pull it out because I've got. 
it, so this is my this is my actual Bible in the in the front. I always keep pages of notes for just in case I do run into it because oh, that's good. Yeah, like you gotta have it because they're gonna yeah. bring up stuff and like, okay, wait, 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 hold on. I know, I know, I, I got this. No, Julian, this thing called phones, and they have like. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But what what looks more impactful, this or this? That's true. Hang on. Right? Hang on. Hang on. Yeah. Hang that on. just. <laughs> That yeah, is, that's that's not a good look. That's true. So uh, next week, Jehovah's Witnesses. Until then, uh, everybody be happy, be safe, celebrate Easter. Uh, good Friday. Reflect on this. Christ has died sitting in the tomb. But Easter Sunday, he's back. He's alive. And because of that, we're alive. So dwell in that truth this week. All right. Until then, uh, this is the time. This is the place. We'll see you guys. Yep.